Welcome to the One Rental at a Time podcast. If this is your first time, welcome. If you're a repeat listener, welcome back. On this channel, we have simple goals. We want to inspire investors to move forward. We want to create belief that one rental at a time is possible. And we want to help you take positive steps forward. If you want to learn more about your host, Michael Zuber, please go to Amazon and buy his book, self-titled or self-published, One Rental at a Time. I believe there's a link in the description. If you're ready to get started with buy and hold rentals, but unsure what to do, I strongly encourage you to consider buying our online course. It gives you the tools to get started, help you learn your market, allows you to compare deals, and so much more. Lastly, by buying the course, you are granted access to a private Facebook group where I and my students interact daily. Everyone is equal, and we just keep helping everyone move forward. It is so much fun to watch, and again, I believe a link is in the description. With that, on with the show. Hey everyone, I have an exciting guest for you today. I have someone that goes by the moniker of Cashflow Chris, so you know he speaks right to the heart of this channel of One Rental at a Time. So let's welcome uh, Chris to the show. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing awesome, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. I saw you speak at Whole Scaling Live there in Houston, and you brought down the house. Uh, and I knew I had to go, I hope he's going to say yes if I reach out. So I appreciate you saying yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Whole Scaling was a lot of fun being down there in Houston. But man, I'll always say yes to these types of situations because I think we have a similar passion. We want to help people create passive income so they can actually live the lives that they deserve. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we dive into that, uh, how you came by the moniker of Cashflow Chris, let's tell the world who you are, where you are in the country, what you kind of do for your, you know, your real estate investing. Go ahead and introduce yourself. It's Arizona. Um, it says my internet's unstable, so I'm not sure if uh, nope, this is me or you. Nope, okay. you're good. So yeah, I'm out of Phoenix, Arizona. I got my real estate license 15 years ago after reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. <laughs> uh, that book completely changed my life. Yes. Yeah. So is that where you learned your <laughs> Absolutely. 30th yeah. birthday. Yep. Read it awesome. five times in a row. <laughs> I'm like, oh Love my it. God, I'm such an idiot. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so I jumped head into real estate. Um, I jumped in as a salesperson. I was in my, my 20s. And so worked worked that end of it for a little bit, all while learning and learning and learning, wanting to get in. Luckily, I didn't get in before 2007, 2008. And so by the time the uh, the recession had had was at its lowest, that's when I I jumped in. I mean, we started buying twenty thousand dollar houses and sixteen thousand dollar condos and. And then uh, a year or two later, we were able to start flipping homes because people were actually buying them. Um, and that's where it's gone from there. Uh, fix and flip business uh, two years ago turned into a new build business. So we're almost 100% new construction on our development side, uh, which has been great, um, providing much needed houses for the area. Uh, now we're actually getting into development. We're going to be putting together a 36 uh, house subdivision, wow. which is really exciting. And then, so that's that side of things. Yep. 
my cash flow side of things, uh, decided to get serious about it um, a couple years ago. So I have a business partner on that end and we buy apartments nationwide. And then we are in the Cleveland market for single families and small multifamily for, for cash flow. Cleveland is our cash flow place. Very cool. Well, lots there to break down. Let's go through the evolution first. So you get your license, you're a real estate agent making, you know, commissions on listings and sales. Uh, and then you dive in at the bottom. I'm going to call that 2010, just guessing. Yep, exactly. 2010. Yeah. And you were, uh, it says you were buying 20K houses and 16K condos. Was that in the Phoenix area or? Wow. You can believe it. Yeah. So quick little story. Sure. Uh, so this guy, uh, there's, it's a city called South Phoenix, a part of town called South Phoenix. Uh -huh. So very, very starter. So there's a three, one, uh, starter house. This guy bought it at the peak. I swear he, at the, the day of the peak, he must've bought it at 177,000. Okay. I believe it was like 20 months later. I bought it at foreclosure auction at 22, five. Wow. That same house just sold for 199. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Crazy. Right. I mean, the, yeah. the, the swing was massive. I believe that was a depression. I don't think that was, I don't think we're going to see that in our lifetime again. I oh. mean, 80% losses. No way. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's, well, I don't, I guess I'll, I'll never say never. Right. Cause hopefully you and I live another 50 or 60 years. So who knows what might happen, That's true. That's true. but I don't see the current quote unquote impending recession that everybody's talking about being anything close to what we saw. Uh, it's just not set up that way. The lending standards are different. It's, it's just, it's not the same. It'll be different. Right. So, so I totally agree with you. So back to that house, right? So this poor gentleman uh, bought it for 177, probably late 07, early 08, 20 yeah. months later, you pick it up at an auction, meaning like courthouse steps. Courthouse steps. Yeah. Wow. Um, that is a kind of funny story too. So when you go to the foreclosure auctions, yeah. uh, the count, the steps, as yep. you say, in Arizona, you have to have a $10,000 cashier's check Got it. to be able to bid. So all these guys, all these big time investors, they were down there buying 10, 20 houses a day. It was crazy how many foreclosures we had. The only reason I got, I didn't get bid up on this because I bid 22501 and nobody else bid because they had all bought, they had all used their, their checks up. So I got super lucky on that. I got a, it was probably worth more like 35, 40 and I got it for 25. Yeah. Wow. So I just, cause I, cause I was buying at the same time, not never bought on the courthouse steps. I was just buying out of the MLS, right? I had a day yeah. job. I'm yeah. sure. it was that I, easy. I remember the, I remember the listings went from nice, you know, three bedroom, two baths, starter home to must sell all caps. It's like, ah. yeah, it, it, it was, was a weird time. So that and 22 five MLS, you could just take your pick. You put no. offers on 10 houses, lowball everybody. And it was crazy. Yeah, that was, that was insane. So what was the condition at 22 five? Did he, uh, did he take his anger out on his loss and bust it up or what? Certainly not. The action, the opposite happened. Now oh. it wasn't, it wasn't in great shape. You know, it was just a normal house, uh, okay. needed a cosmetic upgrade, but I knocked on the door. How's it going? I'm Chris. I own the house. Yeah. He was fully aware. He was going to foreclosure. I'm like, well, you know, so what's your plan? Well, I guess I got to find somewhere to move. Like, okay, well, do you want to live here? Cause his <laughs> payment was probably $1,300. Right. Because interest rates were not low back then. So 177,000. Yeah. He was probably yeah. paying at least like 1200 bucks. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, pay me 800. He's like, or no, I wanted eight, 
I don't know what I wanted. We settled on 750. And uh, he never moved until a couple of months ago when we moved him out to, uh, so we could sell. We sold it to a, a, a flipper and he flipped it for wow. 200 grand. But yeah, he paid every single day, never heard from him. Yeah. Uh, the water heater broke once. He went and replaced it. It was perfect. Done. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, this 1% rule everybody talks about now and again, big old bigger pockets thing. You had uh, a 3% on that deal, right? 22.5, you rented for 750? Yep. Yeah, special time 2010, if you were brave enough to get in. I was shouting, because I'm a realtor, I was yeah. shouting from the mountaintops, guys, bye, bye, bye. I was showing everybody, everybody in my world, my family, my friends, my clients. So few people took advantage of it, and it's crazy. I mean, especially when it's 20,000, and they're like, well, I think it's gonna go lower. <laughs> To what? 18? <laughs> Who cares? You buy it at every level. Like yeah. I, It's fear, right? Yeah. Everybody was afraid. It was doom and gloom. And you have to be powerful when people are fearful, yeah. which we're at the opposite right now. Now, every, now real estate's super sexy, right? Everybody yeah. wants to buy real estate now. Yeah. Now you need to be really careful. You, you have brought up something that I've been screaming on this channel for quite a while. Um, and I just call it the herd mentality because I'm not sure what else to call it. Anytime the herd runs one direction, I get like way nervous, right? Because I got lucky. I call it lucky, right? But I, at least I was paying attention. We owned like eight houses in 07, right? Right, right at the peak. I guess maybe six months before the peak. And I'm like, I can't buy the ninth house. I don't know what to do, right? Because the numbers were just stupid. And um, I went to a meetup and somebody talked about small multis. and it worked. So we, we exchanged all of our eight houses to apartments. Oh, no, beautiful. no, no 1031 exchanges. And like, I swear that the last one closed and like it crashed. So we're sitting in apartments, no houses. And we're like, Oh, we got lucky. Yeah. So, and if it cash flows, it, the value doesn't matter. Doesn't. So yeah. my mentor, one of my mentors, he, uh, he owns lots of single families and in, in the Phoenix area. So he owned a bunch and then he married a lady who owned a bunch. Together, <laughs> Double know, up. They're, they're, yeah, exactly. There's a little empire there. And so we asked him one day, like, hey, Jeff, didn't you get, you know, what happened to your net worth? Yeah. During the crash, he's like, yeah, my net worth got killed, but I don't live on net worth. I live on cash flow. <laughs> exactly. So who cares? I'm not going to sell anyways. Yes. I, I wish we, I wish most real estate investors would frankly stop talking about net worth. It's, it's a, it's a made up number. Hey, when me and my business partner, we both will tell you this. When we found out we were paper millionaires, it's like, okay, why am I broke? Yeah, exactly. Where the <laughs> freak is the cash? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that means nothing. That yeah. means nothing. It's all about how much money do you have coming in every single month that you don't work for? Exactly. And, and, and as soon as that pile gets bigger than you're living below your means, uh, you have freedom. That's, that's what it should be about. Don't, don't increase your lifestyle. That's a huge mistake. But I want to go back to this herd mentality because I think we're right on the cusp. Um, I feel it changing because you're right. There's a herd mentality. Real estate's good. Real estate's good. Let's say we have a recession in the next 18 to 24 months. Mm -hmm. I promise you real estate will be evil again. All right. And people will <laughs> run away. You know, so just yeah, talk about right. that mentality of, of, I guess scared money doesn't make money is a, I think it's a rap quote somewhere. It's, I just see it all the time. So true. Yeah. So definitely uh, know, know your fundamentals, you know, know what, pay attention. Really, if people just pay attention, 
not to the news, but to mm -hmm. real data. Um, it, you can really predict a lot of this stuff and stay ahead of the game. Yeah, it's really cool. So let's I mean, go back. Find, well, go the, a lot of the news, because if, if you pull your statistics, I, I don't know if you look at your local statistics or not, mm -hmm. you know, houses sold, you know, median price, all, all these, they have hundreds and hundreds of stats. Yeah. Those are always at least six months ahead of the news. Always. Yeah, good so point. the herd is always six months behind. So yeah. we have a big advantage. Yeah, no, I pay attention every day. I look every day, just, yeah, every day. So let's talk about this. So back in 2010, you start, you start picking up these ridiculously cheap houses and condos. Were those just instantly rentals for you? Or did you start flipping those right away? Or what was, what was it like in the beginning? Yeah, most of them were rentals. So we had, we were going through a lot of short sales. Ah, okay. So um, the way I got into buy and hold, because mm -hmm. I was a realtor and all the houses were cheap. So I wasn't making money. Yeah. My commissions were tiny. Yeah. Um, but I had a client and he was looking for fourplexes in the Phoenix area. And I, I asked him, what are you looking for? What kind of return do you want? And he wanted a 12% return. So I, you know, I was just doing a little math <laughs> and my first deal I did, um, it was a three, one house in the same area as the last one. And it was a short sale. So the house was in perfect condition. Yeah. Um, I bought it for 23, five. Wow. Um, and I didn't do anything to it. I put a for rent sign. I rented it for seven fifty, And so I went to him and I said, Hey, I'll pay you 15% interest if you funded a hundred percent. So I didn't have to use any of my own money. There you go. So the payment I believe was right around like three forty. Yeah. Probably. Plus tax and insurance. Yeah. So I'm cash flowing 300 bucks, a hundred percent finance. And then ding, <laughs> the yeah. light bulb went off. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. And then, oh, by the way, you, you know, you didn't know it at the time, but you would, you're holding on to an asset that was basically land value and you get all the appreciation. He doesn't get any of it. He gets his 15 points. There's 340. You get all the equity gain. It's, it's, uh, yeah, we did the same thing. We found a way to hundred percent finance deals because we're like, we want to buy everything. <laughs> we can't buy everything. It was, That's a great point because a lot of people will be like, oh, well, I have money. I'll just use my own money. I don't, Real estate's expensive. I don't care yeah. if you have $10 million. I could spend $10 million today. Yeah. That's nothing because it's always going to make you more money. So yeah, always be raising money. That's, that's really my number one goal job today is to, and every day is to raise money. Yeah. That's it. Well, let's talk about that since we just brought that up. So obviously you found an investor that just wanted 12. You said, stop being a landlord. I'll give you 15. Right. So that worked yeah. for a while. Did, did, it, did that relationship just roll for quite a while or when did it really become, oh, I want to go get multiple private sources? Yeah, I mean, but again, that went great. But again, they run out of money. Everybody's yeah. limited. And, you know, they're limited on money and they're limited on how much money they want to give me. Yes. Because you, you don't want to be uh, over leveraged with one person. You don't want to have one totally agree. all your money. So yeah, it's always, I've always been a private lender guy. So whether it be on our fix and flips, our apartments, everything is usually at least starts with private money. That's very cool. All right. So you get, you get through this. It's starting in 2010. You're just adding rental 750 a pop or rent 750 a pop. Um, then it sounds like you went into uh, flipping at some point, maybe 2012 ish. Mm -hmm. somewhere in yeah. there. And that what? was my big, my big mistake. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about, I like talking about mistakes. Why, why was it a mistake? It, it wasn't really a mistake, but as far as in game, it was yeah. 
because I took my focus off the two or three hundred dollars, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's not sexy. I want to go make twenty. I want to go make fifty. You want the checks? Yeah, right. Uh, Little did I know, you know, that's the highest tax tax way to make money. Um, So yeah, we did fine. We made a lot of money. Yeah. But even you know, several years went through and it was great. We had deals, deals, deals. They started getting thin, and then we're sitting there. uh, uh, Brian and I, we had we were doing a deal together. And, um, actually, yeah, what we did is we wholesale. That's what it was. We wholesaled a, a deal. We just sent a, made a phone call. It was literally like in five minutes, we made $37,000. Yeah. And, and both of us at the time were running pretty big fix and flip operations. And both of us were like, well, that's gone. Oh, like we were making like 16, $17,000 yeah. in like that. And it was gone like that because we had such high expenses or like, this is crazy. We're doing this wrong. Yeah. Well, that's something I see in a lot of um, uh, even smaller, medium, even big time wholesalers slash flippers is all you have done. And this might sound a little harsh, but you, you've left one job and created another freaking job. It's a job and it's a horribly taxed job. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's a high paying job. It's a high tax job and you always have to find another one. Always be marketing, right? Yeah, always be marketing. I mean, have you probably what'd you do over what three years? Fifty, a hundred? I mean, I have no idea what scale we're yeah, talking about. Yeah, we've flipped. I don't know, probably close to two hundred houses. Over I mean, years. what? What? This might be a horrible question to ask, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. I mean, if you ever step back and go, what would happen if we kept one out of four? I'd I mean, be a decamillionaire. Yeah, it, I mean, that's that's what people need to hear, right? When you when yeah. you're in the throes and you're looking at thirty seven thousand dollars checks, they're sexy, they're addicting. Mm-hmm. But here you have an individual that did that telling you kind of not a good move, right? Cause you, one out of four, one out of five, that's a great rule. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, just put it aside, set it, set it aside all the time. I'll see my old flips come up on the market. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that ah! hurts, right? <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. So listen to this. Yeah. Listen to this gentleman, right? He's uh, he, he has done what most, what lots of people watching this go, I wish I could do that. And he's telling you to keep one in four, one in five. So just build that into your business plan, right? Just stop the income, yeah. look for wealth. So that's really yeah. cool. All right. So then it sounds like deals got skinny. You've obviously picked up uh, rehabbing and all of that. And you're looking for opportunities. And it sounds like you went to new build from there. I did. Yeah. Um, fix and flip. I mean, I'm in Phoenix. We're probably the most competitive market in the nation. Yeah. Uh, all the gurus actually live here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, we, it, it was very competitive. And so I had experience. So from regular cosmetic fix and flips, you know, I moved up to fire damage pretty quickly. Wow. Not a lot of people like that. Uh, we started doing add-ons and, you know, we started doing things that other people wouldn't do. So by mm-hmm. doing add-ons, I had pretty much done a new build. Yeah. So yeah, just one or two things that I needed to figure out. Started doing the math on price per foot. I'm like, man, we can make some real money on this. So we dove pretty much head in and uh, been doing new builds. We have eleven in the in the works right now. So just so I, just so I'm clear on the new builds, I'm guessing you're buying a sort of an infill city lot, and you're probably building something. Is yep, that fair? That's okay. our main focus: starter homes. Just like when I was in my fix and flip business, I never flipped five, six, seven hundred thousand dollar homes. That was not my market. I starter homes all day. They're so easy to sell. And you have an exit strategy. If you can't sell, you can always rent it. 
Perfect. Yeah. Pe- what is the median in Phoenix roughly today? It's around 280. And you stay, what, what, like when you exit one of these 11, what are you at? We all except one is going to be 350 or under. There you go. And yeah, you- uh, our bottom is like 230, 240. Yeah. People listen to this. this is, I've been preaching this for a while. Stay, understand your median. And if you can stay below that, because if, if you're two X the median, you're about to be, it's not, it's, it's going to be painful. Yeah. Is my prediction. We'll talk in numbers, how we, how we pay attention to the statistics. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I pulled MLS active listing. So under $300,000 in our, in our MLS, there's more pending than active. And I'm guessing that's not the same for 600 K and above. No, I mean, we are in a hot market overall, but that's, that's crazy. That's less than a month's inventory. Yeah. For, for, I mean, you can't get more of a seller's market than that. There you go. I, I love it. And then, uh, so you go from infill city lots. It sounded like if I took my notes, right, you're, you're about to do a 36 unit. I don't know. Would that be a neighborhood, a block or what is that called? Division. Yeah. It's seven acres oh, wow. up on a mountain. We, uh, I'm so I'm really excited about this one. This is going to be, if we build it all the way out and sell all the houses, it's about a $21 million uh, project. And timeline for that stuff. Two Uh, two years. Yeah. Two year timeline. Yeah. Two years. We have to develop the land, subdivide the land, develop the land, build the houses. So, so now we're just raising money with, we just need bigger money. Yeah. So there you go. Well, actually, you know what, let's just do that now. How, if somebody wants to ask more questions, maybe be a part of it, how can they get a hold of a hold of you or look you up on, or how do you want them to contact you? Let's throw that out now. We'll do it again at the end. Sure. Cashflow Chris. Chris with a K, K-R-I-S. Um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I'm real easy to get a hold of. Um, I'm, I, you know, actually, I was going to say I'm one of the AZ Flip guys. Uh, Facebook just took our page down. <laughs> we wow. have like thousands and thousands of posts, videos. We have 100 episodes yeah. that we filmed. And uh, I don't know. We haven't yeah. posted in a while and they, they removed our page. So we're, we're fighting to get that back up. The AZ I want Flip it back. Guys. AZ flip guys. Yeah. AZ flip guys. Yeah. That's funny. All right. So now let's transition. So all of that, even the 36 uh, units, that's, I'll call that a job, right? Yeah. That's, that's work. Yeah. It's a lot of work, man. When did you transition to, it sounds like Cleveland was the first market you went to first, probably homes. And then you up leveled to multifamily or apartments across the country. Talk about that transition. Why Cleveland? Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, unfortunately, I'm not that smart. And so I ended up selling all of those single families to fund my fix and flip business. Ah, okay. uh, so really bad mistake. Yeah, I mean, I made a lot of money off of them, but where am I at now? So it's okay. So yeah, a couple of years ago, after that $37,000 fiasco, my business partner and I were like, this is crazy. What are we doing? Let's change what we're doing. And so we decided to get into uh, multifamily apartments. Uh, we've got a bunch of friends in the business, yep. friends who have tried to get us in multifamily for several years. Um, and so we went to a couple seminars, took some courses, you know, yep. we, we knew what we were doing, but we really wanted to, to, yeah. to, to figure it out. And so we bought uh, an apartment in Arkansas, Hope, uh-huh. Arkansas, a couple years ago, Yep, 27 units there. And uh, that was the start of it. We own properties in Southern Arizona. Arkansas. And then we, I started studying cities for single families. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, you know, I studied lots, checked, checked lots of them out. Pittsburgh, Detroit, Cleveland, Akron, Dayton. They're all great, by the way. <laughs> None of those are a wrong answer. I found Cleveland to have the highest rents and the lowest prices. Sure. And the infrastructure of the city is being, there's, they're putting money into the city. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of people who love the city and they're really working to build it. So that's why we chose it. And the cash flow there is crazy. Very cool. So you go in and I forget, was your first deal in, your first deal in Cleveland was a house, right? Do I remember the story, right? Uh-huh. Yep. And then, yeah, they've all, uh, houses or duplexes. So right. far they've all been houses or duplexes. All right. So all residential. All right. Uh-huh. Very cool. And if I remember correctly, you indicated, because one of the questions is Cleveland's not, everything in Cleveland's not equal. And you kind of said, we stay between here and here. And you referenced a bigger pockets article, if I remember right, during the event. Yeah, we there. There's actually a map of Cleveland and bigger pockets from some people. It's like a heat map where mm-hmm. to buy, where not to buy. Uh, so we use that. I use the advice of contractors, realtors, wholesalers, uh, and then more importantly, we I went there and we drove. We drove the neighborhoods. Thank you. Uh, you know, because we know we know what's good, what's bad, and what some people thought was a really bad neighborhood. We were completely okay with, and we get really low prices in those neighborhoods. Yeah, so we have a couple squares where yeah. we'll buy almost anything in these, in these areas. Yeah. What you just said is my number one thing for, cause I have a lot of people that watch this that scream out of state investing. And I'm like, well, have you been there? No. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, what do you, what you, you're going to spend 50 grand or whatever it is on a house and you're not willing to go there. Well, I suggest you not put your money there. If you're not going to get your butt on an airplane and go check it out. I think yeah. you're an idiot, frankly. Spend a thousand bucks and go check it out for sure. Uh, you agree, right? It's not, I'm not being silly. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So then you go up and you go, okay, your friend's been drilling in your head, get into multifamily. You're being, you're missing out. You're missing out. Um, was the Arkansas your first multifamily? It was. So let's tell that well, story. Or no, it was or, our first big multifamily. Yeah, I, big. Had a, I, I already owned an eight plex here in Phoenix and okay. you know, we did some smaller four plexes and stuff, but yeah. So uh, yeah, we've got, this guy, Marco Kozlowski, who's on Facebook. And then our good friend, Corey Peterson, the mm, big yeah. kahuna. Yeah. He, we went to his, his course. He's, he's local with us. So we, we, we hang out with that guy. Yeah. And uh, we felt comfortable. So a wholesaler brought us this uh, Arkansas deal. We ran the numbers. It was exactly what we were looking for. It was already leased at yeah. double digit returns. Yeah. Um, it was a value add, you know, all of them needed to be rented out. It was, everything was well below market yeah. rents. So that's what we want. We want to be able to come into something that's already cash flowing. We don't really like to have anything vacant mm-hmm. and then slowly turn it and, uh, and then raise it. And, and that's what we did. So we bought it for around three ninety. Okay. Uh, with, with rehab, we're all in for 500,000. Okay. We have an appraisal at seven fifty. And then we took the rents from, I believe, like 6,600 and now we're at 12,500 a month. So none of that sucks. That's all really, really good, as you know. What was the timeline, right? Because those numbers are sexies. How long from 6,600 day one to 12,500? How many months? Um, we Roughly. bought it July 1st, 2018. And we were there at, I don't know, probably in March. So probably seven, eight months. Oh, wow. You guys don't mess around. 
Yeah, yeah, we went we went hard with it. We wanted to be within a year for sure. We wanted to be able to turn most of them. And I believe last week our last old tenant who we didn't have a remodeled unit, mm -hmm. um, he just moved out. Yep. So we're going to have 100% remodeled units now. That's awesome. Rents roughly doubled, it sounds like, from when you bought it, kind of run down to repaired and rehabbed. Yeah, so this guy is so typical. He never wanted to fix anything. He, you know, your typical like slumlord. Yeah. So he would move these people in and he would, as long as they paid, he would never raise their rent. Oh. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. When we when we came out and took over, we let everybody know what we were going to do. And a lot of people left right away. We mm -hmm. were okay with that. Yeah, sure. Um, but, you know, but we, we had enough to where we could still pay the bills. Yeah. And, what, uh, yeah. One of the things that I remember, and again, I could just be off, but Hope, Arkansas, I thought, I thought you mentioned the population was like micros, like 10,000 or 20,000 people. It's just, do it I is. remember that right? Yeah. The census says 10,000 and it's always been 10,000. That's one <laughs> thing. If it was 80, you know, 30 years ago and now it's 10. Yeah. We're worried. Okay. But it's always been 10. And then we, uh, we, one of the things we always do with our due diligence is we go talk to the police, uh, okay. you know, ask them about the, uh, the apartment and, um, and he told us how big their force was. I'm like, that's a lot for 10,000 people. He's like, no, we have way more than 10,000. They, they believe they have over 20,000 residents. Okay. So, but that's still tiny, tiny, tiny. Yeah. So, okay. Cause I've never invested in a town that small. Um, well, I guess you don't really have any new development going on, right? So you have kind of a fixed inventory of units, I'm guessing. There's only three apartments in town and two of them are uh, USDA. Ah. Uh, it's for the chicken farmers. So sure. it's all subsidized. Yep. And uh, yeah, so we're pretty much the only game in town. Well, that that's, yeah. Monopoly is never bad. That's, yeah. you know, lots of, lots of people have proved that over the years. Okay, very, well, we very We have cool. 27 units. I mean, yeah. 27 is not... It's not like we have 500 units to fill in a small no, yeah. town. Just a little 27, no big deal. And they're all one bedrooms? Do I remember that right? Studios and ones. Yeah, studio and ones. Very yeah. cool. And then, so of the 27, now that the last one moved out, did you did anybody stay of the 27 or every unit got turned? No, no. We had, I don't know, we probably had a third at least stay. Okay. And then we were moving people in pretty within yeah, a month. Yeah, of course. Very cool. Awesome. And then I'm guessing a studio probably turns for five to seven grand, right? Flooring, paint, maybe mm -hmm. a new appliance here and there. Kind of rough and yeah, tough. Yeah, Yeah, it's, you're going to throw a window, a couple window units in and yeah. carpet paint. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, awesome. That's all we did. So you did that. You're like, wow, some is good, more is better. Probably is what you were thinking. So it then was you good. Yeah, we, uh, we learned a lot on that one. Uh, mainly is you have to over raise money because last minute, a bunch of our investors backed out on us. and We had to figure it out. Uh, that tends to happen a lot, you know, people get cold feet. Yep. Um, and so you always want to over, over raise, mm -hmm. I would say, yeah. maybe even by double. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's again, right. You get commitments and then it comes capital call time and suddenly people go, oops, this or that, or no, or yeah, don't pick up your phone. The funny, yeah. The funny thing, a lot of them are, cause you know, we have a lot of people who are investors. So they like, they want to do their thing, but they, you know, most of them have jobs or whatever. A lot of them don't lend to us because they like, oh, if something comes up, I want to be able to do yeah. something. But they never do. Yeah. And so their money sits and they make zero. 
Yeah. And again, right. This economy goes from real estate talk to real estate. It's not, they'll end up with zero again. We saw it last time. So it's pretty interesting. Right. All right. So now cash flow, Chris is rocking and rolling. You got a 27 unit in Arkansas. Uh, does it just scale exponentially from there? Like you're adding another apartment building in different parts of the country quarterly, maybe? Uh, we have added one more big one. We have a 52 down in Southern Arizona okay. and that was, uh, last July. Okay. So a year ago, July. So yeah, we, we want to do at least one a year, one, okay. one complex a year. We want to just make sure it's running really well. And then we've also ha put a big focus into Cleveland as well. Um, it's a lot of single families, but yeah, we're going to be bundling and packaging those and uh, refinancing because yeah, doing the commercial crazy. Yeah. So, so as you sit here, kind of uh, tail into 2019, Cashflow Chris has hundreds of units. 120. There you go. Yeah, we're at 120 doors. Very cool. And you're still doing what I'll call again the work, right? You're still mm -hmm. doing new builds, 37 yeah. unit new construction. Um, where do you go from here? Have you thought about it? I uh, just keep. Success. One of my things in my speech was success is boring. Yeah. You know? Yes. I remember. It is. So many of us want, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. No, just let, it's, let's just go buy a thousand Cleveland homes. Let's go get five or six or seven more apartments. Let's get bigger apartments. Yeah. Uh, success is boring. Just keep doing what you know works. I couldn't agree with that. When you said that, I thought back to 2008. I can't tell you how many uh, seven figure net worth folks got bored and started opening nightclubs or other stuff and were broke like in 20 months when the economy turned, they just couldn't get the dominoes out of the way. Yeah. So yeah, success is boring, but you know what? Boring is okay. It's okay. Oh, boring is great. Boring will make you rich. Yeah. Boring will make you rich. That is <laughs> awesome. Well, again, uh, Chris, how can people follow you, get in touch with you if they want to either learn more, be part of capital raises? Um, you know, how can they find you? Sure. Cashflow Chris, Chris with a K. Uh, yeah, we've got lots of different uh, lender programs. Um, we love to uh, help other people get their money moving and, and we usually pay pretty good returns. Um, and then just the education. It, you know, we have lots of ways to invest in real estate. You can lend me money, but I would love for you to buy your own. I'll teach yeah. you how to do that. So yeah, we're all, we're big with education and I love what you do. You know, thanks for spreading this message. Everybody needs to know about cash flow. Yes, sir. So, yeah, it's a great message. All right, man. Well, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate everything. This video will be up today because people got to watch it. I love it, man. Thanks All a right. lot. You got it. Take care.